This is Stu Strauss, the Woodsman, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. I was thinking earlier today, um, just being the wordsmith that I am, I love playing with language. I love finding the uh, rhymes with words. I love finding the, uh, yeah, I love the suffixes, prefixes, root words, all that razzmatazz, all that jazz, baby. And this idea popped into my brain about something called a conjugation station. So, conjugation station, um, there would be these various areas that are set up around where um, should people feel the urge to have sex. Say they're out walking around with their girlfriend. And they suddenly feel the desire to to have sex with one another rather than, you know, waiting until they get back to the car or waiting until they get back to the house or any number of things. They could very privately and safely duck into a conjugation station and um, have their way with each other. Bada boom, bada bing. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> and, uh, because, like, there are these, like, over, actually over by um, the train station, there's, there's, like, a public restroom there. It's all closed up. It's a big green, sort of, like, big square thing. And you put... I don't know, 25 cents in or something. Put it in there, and then there you go. You go in there, and you go to the bathroom. Uh, they have stuff like that in Europe, too. And But it's funny. It's, the ones that I saw in Europe, they're actually... They're... Uh, what do they call them? One-way mirrors or two-way mirrors? God, I, I don't know the proper term. The one where... Well, you know, the kind of mirrors where you can see out, but they cannot see in. So, yeah, it's so funny because, like, the, the, um, the picture that I saw was from the inside of one. Now, from the, outside, you, from the outside, you cannot see what's going on inside. However, from inside, imagine you're in there, you're urinating, and you're glancing out the window, and you can see everybody just walking around, walking around, and they have no idea that you're watching them. So they got those in Europe. Uh, but out here, at some of the, uh, 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 near some of the uh, subway entrances, there are these public restrooms. And it got me thinking, you know, that would be this, this similar kind of thing for a conjugation station. Now, I think what would be, imp- you know... What goes along with that are many, many issues, as one can imagine. Can you trust that whoever's going in there conjugating, they're going to be, you know, hygienic to some degree? Um, is there going to be uh, the worry of spreading venereal diseases or, um, you know, uh, any, any number of things? Is it going to be a, a hive for HIV, you know, AIDS type stuff. 
uh, is, uh, is it, um, you know, maybe after the conjugation happens, they leave and then there's like this antiseptic thing that goes, shoots all over the place. Um, are you going to get, you know, are you going to get the wise guys in there, uh, shooting, shooting on the walls? Uh, are you going to get, um, you know, all that, all that stuff that one would think that, that would make a place like that very unhygienic, very messy, very nasty. So, um, of course, then one could think, oh gosh, are people going to get raped in there? Uh, are heroin addicts going to shoot up in there? You know, any number of things. So then I started thinking, okay, well, maybe we, maybe there could be cameras around, not inside, but outside. Yes, that would that would kind of render being private useless. You know, you really wouldn't have privacy. But then again, if you're going into a conjugation station out there in the middle of the day, everybody knows what you're going in there to do. Um, I don't know if, you know, I don't know exactly yet how the intricacies would work. Maybe it would be one of those things that are ju- that's just sort of reserved for a like a novel, a, a, a book, a, a movie, something where you don't necessarily have to explain the intricacies of it. So there could be a world that's got these conjugation stations. And uh, maybe it's a society, oh, maybe it's a society, what, 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 didn't want to do that. Maybe it's a society that really Um, maybe it's a society that really is trying to inspire people to have babies. Maybe they're low. Maybe they're maybe 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 the uh, tribe or the uh, or the town or what have you. Maybe the the, the specific city is just um, maybe they're endangered to some degree. You know, maybe. Maybe there, um, some kind. There's some kind of issue where there. You know, it's so funny because as I'm talking about this, a woman. I was just at the ATM, and as I was talking about this, a woman with her uh, kid just walked up. It's interesting how the universe gives that sort of serendipity, isn't it? In it. In it. In it. So. Maybe that's what it is. They're really trying to inspire the populace to to uh, to have sex. You know, maybe on the inside of the conjugation station are some sexy pictures. Perhaps pornography. Maybe not pornography. Uh, maybe the sound of um, binaural beats that enhance sexuality. You know, that enhances people to want to have sex. Maybe there is... Uh, uh, you know, any number of things, any number of things that could help out with the psychology of, of uh, giving men erections and getting, getting women hot enough to uh, want to have sex in a public spot. You know, it definitely be, the conjugation station would definitely be really good for those who are, um, you know, those kinky, those kinky folks. Uh, something where... Um, maybe the society has a bunch of 
billboards around uh, that, you know, that, that say, have you had your daily dosage of sex today? Ooh, maybe it's a culture where they are instructed to have sex at least once a day. Maybe there's some sort of monitor that happens. Maybe everybody's wearing some kind of wristband or something, you know, that monitors their, um, their, their heart rate or something. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a specific, you know, cause they say sex is good for you. Kissing is good for you. They say this stuff is healthy. You need to hug someone at least 15 times a day, 15 hugs a day. How many of us get 15 hugs a day? You know, I think a, a, a good substitute, if you don't have a mate, that's what dogs are for. That's what cats are for. You hug them, you hug them, you kiss them. Even the dogs and cats want to be hugged. Even they want the affection. They'll just come up to you out of nowhere and they'll just start nudging you. Hey, give me some love. Give me some love. So maybe there's a certain heart rate that is reached. You know, that maybe this little, this little bracelet or whatever can sort of measure the heart rate so it knows whether whether you um, are having sex or whether you're just simply doing cardio, you know, running, running, around, running around the block. In which case, maybe people could, maybe it's like such a harsh thing where people are, um, um, reprimanded or, um, uh, possibly arrested if they, if they try to get away with it, you know, because there are probably going to be those people who don't want to have sex and are trying to buck the system. You know, it's funny when something is repressed or you're told to do something. It's funny when, when something's repressed, like don't do that, don't do that, do, don't do that. A lot of times people do that because they hear don't do that. It's kind of a thrill to see if you could get away with it. Do not steal from this store. What do people do? They try to steal from that store. You know, don't break into this bank. Well, bank robbers get a thrill out of going, okay, are you daring me? You know, so that happens in both directions. If you're told, you know, to keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that, people then go, well, let's see if I don't. You know, you're, you're requiring me to do this. I'm going to see if you're requiring me to do this. So now let me see what happens if I don't do that. So... I can imagine something like that. People trying to uh, not hack the system, but people who are trying to trick, trick the system, trick the trick the watch. And maybe there, maybe there's, um, you know, I don't know who would be monitoring this necessarily. Uh, wow, that would be quite interesting, right? Quite interesting. It'd be like a new science fiction kind of dystopian novel. They are required to have sex. They're required to have kids. They're required to procreate. Because then what happens if you procreate, now those are new taxpayers. Those are new people putting money into the system. Those are new people now getting sick who then give jobs to doctors and surgeons and all the chemists and all those people. So, you know, each, each human basically is another, uh, is another, uh, what is it? 
world of potentiality. It's another world of potentiality. Because imagine all the potentials there. Okay, this person might get cancer. Good. That helps out with the jobs of those who are um, cancer doctors. This person might get diabetes. Oh, good. That helps out with with the doctors who are um, specialists in diabetes. This person might um, catch a cold or get um, a cavity. Oh, well, good. That, that, that helps out our dentists. You know, each person is a whole world of potentiality for jobs that are out there. Oh, here's a, you know, a human who will eat. They'll require food. Oh, that's good. That keeps the grocers uh, employed. That keeps the farmers employed. That keeps the makers of um, processed foods employed. Uh, as well as the advertisers employed because they're going to be making commercials for that food. So it just goes all the way up the totem pole. Maybe there's a penalty if you don't have kids. Maybe there's... Wow, isn't that crazy? How much stuff... How many ideas can be spawned from one idea? Conjugation station. So there you go. Conjugation station. If you want to help me out with this dystopian novel, get a hold of me. Inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Let's, ha- let's, let's, let's hatch this, man. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Conjugation station. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what... Like, ultimately, what do you think is, like, um, the ultimate wish or, you know, scene that you would like to see happen with, with either... Well, um, with the Institute, it came true. So um, right now, the Institute is being adapted into a TV show on AMC called Dispatches from Elsewhere. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah, they're shooting like as we speak. Are they going to include you guys as, as helpers on this thing? Please tell me. Mm-hmm. I can't say much more than that. Um, oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's so funny. On the way here, I thought, you know, wouldn't that be neat if they ended up making this whole thing into a, a, a TV show of sorts? Um, yeah. Let me... Wow. Oops. Hold on, I'll show you. Sorry, listeners. Um, I'm sharing visual media. Uh, yeah. So, Jason Siegel and... Cool. Yeah, uh, they're shooting right now. Wow, man, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's uh, so exciting. Um, but the funny thing is, is like, we kind of like... This process started five years ago, so it's been five years of just like kind of waiting and waiting, and oh, it's finally happening now. And so wow, we're really lucky. Um, so that was that. Um, as far as the, but you know, making it, you so kind of make it to make it. Like I didn't, oh yeah, like, right. Really know what I was hoping like we could get it on iTunes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think the latitude has kind of like a. A very powerful and sweet message about community and belief and entitlement and um, a number of other things that I think there's some stuff, some messages people can take away from it um, that I'd like some people to see it. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Like in terms of distribution, I mean, you, what, like, did you just want it on iTunes? Are you mentioning <laughs> like a, a, you know? Wherever, wherever it can go. Uh, kind of wherever it can go. I don't want to, like... I don't want to <laughs> get quoted on that if some distributor right, right. comes and is like, well, yeah. you said whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the Institute was really lucky in that. Um, 
we it ended up getting on Netflix for two years, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and because of that, then it got like the attention of like Jason Segel and, and stuff like that. And if wow. that hadn't happened, I don't. Because it's just there's so much stuff out there. You really need a platform to like throw it in front of your face. Mm-hmm. And for an indie film, I I think Netflix is still doing some of that, but. I think they're also like very into original content, so oh, right. I don't know if that'll happen with it in Braid Axiom, but we'll see. Either way, you know, on to the next thing, <laughs> kind of thing, and it's fun to make. You know, it's interesting because um, the way that you talk about with you and your partner, your buddies are, you know, surprised to see in the directions that this goes, and um, and you can never, um, you know, I mean, you could get some kind of idea of like oh wouldn't it be funny if it went in this direction or went that direction you really once it's in their hands and they're participating in it and they're making up their own stories and attaching their own feelings their own you know ideologies to the thing you 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 know who knows where it's going to run off to you have no idea how it's going to evolve so being a part of a project where you see how it's surprising you and you had no idea it was going to turn that situation i mean that I think is the joy to me that that feels like the most you know exciting gift that you could from that kind of aspect and then just anything on top of that is just something that's cool and extra just knowing people are watching it I mean I just I, going back to like the reason I'm sort of not entirely I'm just very agno- uh, spiritually agnostic it's just sometimes there's just I'm like too lucky like the luck that I've had in my life um or like the return on investment of, of like creativity and production I'm, I'm just super super lucky and like the institute you know cost me like seven thousand dollars to make astounding and not that I've really made much money off of it ever since but um uh it's still just like crazy white seven thousand dollars of credit card debt can can kind of become it's it's a true attest in what happens when you when you follow your inspiration when you listen to it and you go okay what do you want to be let's let's create you and because there are so many folks out there who are using those as ex- are using the statistics the probabilities the, you know all this all these phantoms that don't exist and they're using all these as as <laughs> examples as to why they're not moving forward with a project why they're not doing mm-hmm. this why they're not doing that and um in this instance, you know, one Michael, well, who would ever be interested in this kind of thing? Well, you're never going to know unless you actually create the right? thing mm-hmm. and you put it out there. So that's who's going to be interested in it, the people who actually get to see it. That's, <laughs> that's like, said, so I, I cannot tell you how many things I've done that were colossal creative failures mm-hmm. where I finished them. And then we're, we're sitting there looking at it and it's like, dear Lord, this is so bad. You know, but I wouldn't have known that. Um, and it's not like all of a sudden then you, know, you make a million short films and then one day you make the Institute and then all of a sudden you're a genius at doing this forever. Since making the Institute, I've made so much garbage, like just garbage. Like, And you know, you sit on it and maybe a 9-11 Carol will be that too. But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, because it's it doesn't really have anything to do with like anything I've done before but that's kind of part of the fun too is like uh, can I do like a stage musical now and and it's like yeah I think I can so I'm gonna do that oh my god now with uh, with the Institute the Shishun Institute there you said that you had first just to set this up for listeners um, sure I think at this point they might gotten ideas to Latitude Society um, at least a piece a piece of what might be the world might be like um, so Shishun Institute 
um, I saw a documentary institute and it starts talking about this mysterious, you know, this building that's in San Francisco and people had to go to a specific building and say, hey, can I go to the June Institute? And they go, yeah, sure, here's this thing and go up there and check it out. And there was a room at the end of the hallway that had a TV in there, like a, uh, apparently a VHS and you press play in this thing and it gives you something, you know, some information about the June Institute. And then on top of that, from the little I remember, is that it, it's basically giving you uh, sort of homework assignments, so to speak. Like, okay, go out and try this. Go see what that's about. And so then someone would get to a telephone booth and they'd have to be there at a certain time and they'd pick up the phone and there's a person talking to them and you get this idea, oh, maybe there's a radio station that's being out there broadcasting something. Back, so, when, the, back when there were still telephone uh, pay phones. Oh my God, that is so cool. Now, how did you actually even find out about all of this? How did you get mixed up in the whole crazy thing? Um... It's a fun. It's a fun story. <laughs> it's a really fun story. I could, I could give you kind of a longer one. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I'll give you a kind of longer one. I'll take it like way back. Um, so, I was once a rodeo narc, and that's a term that I just sort of self-appointed myself. I was a tele-surveyor for a while, where you'd call people and ask them like, "Hey." Um, you know, like literally, we had one where we're we're asking like how well your refrigerator is running. Oh, like, that's great! I, like, I'm not kidding. Um, what, so with the Jejun Institute? No, no, no. This oh, was oh, just this was just me a job normal world. Anyway, I uh, did that for a long time in college, and then um, at one point, this one uh, woman who worked there and was kind of like this mysterious lady who would like kind of float in and out, and she had like uh, one prosthetic prosthetic arm. She's like, she asked me into her office, and I'm like, why? I'm just like this dumb kid with a skateboard. She's like, you have a car, right? I'm like, sort of. Uh, I had a, I, I did have a really shitty old, like, Toyota. But anyway, um, she asked me if I wanted to uh, do a special assignment, which was essentially working on behalf of, like, the state of California, drive around all of the rodeos in the state, and start like taking pictures of anytime there's like tobacco advertisements and stuff like that because apparently like you're not allowed to do that so i was like sure and they give me like a card and, and so i started going to like all of these rodeos and if you know me like i don't know anything about rodeos or i didn't at that time and but having always been like interested in film and stuff and trying to always i'm always looking for like the cheapest way to take advantage of an unusual situation. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, if they're bankrolling me to go take pictures of, of like, tobacco signs and get, like, samples of, like, dip and stuff, I'm going to, uh, you know, bring a camera. And uh, I only have, like, a really old camcorder. But anyway, I started making, like, this, like, little mini documentary um, called Rodeos Are Special. And by making this doc, I ended up, like, meeting some other people and um, started doing, like, just corporate video stuff. But it was a very weird time. But anyway, um, so I was doing corporate video for a little while. Again, this is me making tops, like, you know, $400 a month kind of thing and um, just super in debt. And I got this, like, phone call really, really late at night one time asking, like, hey, uh, you're an editor, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, can you come up to Marin and uh, help us edit this stuff? And and so I'm like, sure, and I go up, and they had me sign an NDA online, and I go up, and I pull up to this, like, big house, and I'm met by all of these dogs that come, like, running out, oh like, a lot of dogs, and uh, I couldn't quite tell what, like, breed they were. 
they were like either they were like some kind of border collie husky mix, but they were all like identical, like identical. Uh, but they were different ages, kind of thing. Anyway, long story short, I was brought up there to edit a promotional video uh, because. This guy had created a dog cloning company. Dude, and I was just gonna say, what are they cloned? So all of those dogs he had cloned. Yes. Yeah, Mira, Chingu, Sarong, um, and and anyway, so I spent all night editing this like promo, and he and then the next day, um, he's like, "Do you want to come to Good Morning America and help us like do this thing?" Uh, where we're gonna like show the puppies on Good Morning America with like Diane Sawyer and Robin Roberts or whatever her name was and it's like Good Morning America like is that here in the bay what do you mean tomorrow it's like no we'll be getting on my private jet and going to New York to show these puppies and it's like sure that was my finals week of college so I bailed on finals <laughs> and went and um, that was the start of me working for this really amazing but eccentric um you know, bajillionaire starting a dog cloning company. <laughs> Here's some advice to the listener. Don't start a dog cloning company as soon as uh, the Great Recession is about to start. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> oh, boy. You know, because oh that's one God. of the first expenses you kind of, like, oh, avoid geez. when uh, your stock portfolio yeah. is just, like... Yeah. Um, oh, God. Anyway. Hello, Inspirato Projector Radio. This is Man Behind the Machine. Check us out on our new hotline. You can leave a voicemail. It's 313-MAN-0231. You can leave a voicemail for Man Behind the Machine at 313-MAN-0231. Hope everything's going well, and we'll catch you in the simulation. Savings time. Um... Okay, so a whole movie about daylight savings time. Uh, the, the, the crazy, you know, the craziness that it stirred among the populace. Um, all the trouble that people went to, to to try to stop daylight savings time from happening. All the reasons they had for, for making daylight savings time in, the, in you know, uh, in the first place. The effects that it had on society. That would be interesting to see how the effects of daylight savings time had on the, on the society um, after they were you know, just used to doing this thing for so many years. How did that affect the populace? Um, and then, uh, and then the idea of, you know, you got these people, I don't want to say a cult, but you got these people who are going, I vow to return, you know, takes daylight savings time away. And I vow to return it to the, the original, to the original true time. Which is, didn't they, did you say they called it God's time? Yes. God's time. Who are, who are the people that called it God's time? Just the opponents. Oh, the opponents of the daylight opponents savings time. Moving to daylight savings time. Oh, the opponents to moving to daylight savings time. Um, they said that the original time was God's time. But it'd be interesting just to see what kind of, um, you know, because it's like the J- J- Jets and the Sharks kind of thing. It's like a, a gang. You've got these two opposing forces. So it'd be interesting to see what they tried to do to sabotage the other side who did what you know what kind of nefarious activities what what stuff went on that we never even knew about I bet you there are tons of crazy stories to uh, back up those questions 
Hey! We've just now entered uh, the Viper Room. Hey, dude, good to see you, man. Oh, good, how are you? It's so great, the gang's back together. It's so good. Hey! Oh, yes, we got a celebrity in town. Dude, it's so great to see you back, dude. Oh my god, it's been so fun watching your story. Oh, thanks, Twin Temple story. Well, you're good to see you, man. It's so great that you guys, man, I love it. I love all you guys working together. It's so fun, dude. It's so great. I love it, man. The gang, man. We got the gang back together, man. It's so great. So, Yachtly Crew's playing tonight. Another sailed out show. Viper Room. Wow. But yeah. Just consider that the daylight savings time um, drama and all the crazy stories that could come out of it, turning that either into a series or just a movie. By the way, it's Maria again. Are you going to go to the December 14th podcast explosion number two podcasters of Anchor only? event at the Grafton again. That was so much fun hanging out with you and so many podcasters in the LA area. So let me know. Inquiring minds want to know on that question as well. December 14th at the Grafton Hotel in West Hollywood, organized by Tanika Drake of God's Gift through his word once again. It's going to be fun. December 14th. It's a Saturday night. If anybody's traveling, by the way, from out of town, it may be worth the drive and the cost of the hotel room. <laughs> Party at the Grafton, people. Woo! Martin, the top 40, the Bruno Mars, and all the awesome. shit in between. Wait, Wait, what's the name of your band again? Justin and the Swing Beats. Uh, yes, how long have you guys been around? Uh, about 12 years now. And then you happen to be walking around in Sorry, Las Vegas. Yes. You came across Mongo uh, Medic here, yeah. I'm and you down, saw him with the shirt? Walking down Fremont Street, and I come across this guy with a Yachtly Crew t-shirt, and I had been to your show here in Vegas, here at the Viper Room about six months ago, and I'm and like... You and you where you were here, too? And I'm like, yeah. mind blown. So we, mind is blown. Like, dude, you know this band? I just saw... Looking at the math, we had been at the same show. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Small yeah. world. Yeah, this kind of stuff just keeps following around this band like this. I love these stories. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. So we just connected. We've, we've just kind of become friends and stayed in touch ever since. Fantastic. And now here we are meeting up at the next show I love this. here it's at the Viper Room. Said I was at a, a dinner before watching uh, you know, David Spade perform stand-up. We were listening to music. And this guy says, hey, you know, you know what band you need to go see? You need to go see Yachtly Crew. And I said, you don't say. And I pulled out my sweatshirt, held it up. You mean this yacht league? Oh my god! He's like, oh my god, you've seen them. Oh my god! Were you at the oh Canyon Show? Both of them. Oh my god, we saw you there. Yeah, oh my, it's a small world, and you and guys I saw his T-shirt, it. which is how we started talking. And I felt a little bit left out because I like, I dude, I don't have a T-shirt. <laughs> I like, dude, now next show I gotta get a T-shirt. So what do I have now? I, I got love a T-shirt. It. I love it. Oh I my god, guys! Yeah. So it's kind of like a full circle moment we got going on right now. There you go. I love it. Wow, you guys, it's like the superhero uh, crest. I love it. Just love what you guys do. Uh, huge fans. I grew up with this music. Older brother in the 80s. It's great. And, um, it's such good music. There are other yacht rock bands out there. 
I've seen them, I've heard them, but there is nobody that comes close to doing what you guys do. You guys are absolutely the best in the country, no question. Hands down. So thank you. Uh, this is so much fun. We love thank coming to you. see you guys. This is so cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna break down some more of this equipment before they start yelling at me. But thank you guys so much here. for coming out. And what? And where can people find you? Where can people find you? Uh, should they decide to research you? Uh, like on are, Instagram. We're on Justin and the Swing. So we're on the on Instagram. It's the Swing Beats uh, and um, uh, Facebook. Uh, Justin Dean's music. Do you have any YouTube uh, videos where people can find you? All over YouTube. It's uh, Justin and the Swing Beats. On YouTube, this is cool. Now they get they'll get acquainted with you. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, we're here for you guys. That's thank all we you. care. Oh about, yeah, thank you. If anybody wants to check us out too, that's all the better. But we're here for you guys because we're big fans. Oh, they're so we love guys. what you do. Well, thank you. So, anything you'd like to promote? I just want to say thank you so much. This was an awesome night. <laughs> you guys are you. fun, and thank I can't you. wait to come back. Thank you. We'll and be it, back again. Oh my God! And and uh, what would you like people to find you? You know, if, if anybody really wanted to find me on Instagram, I'm Mongo Medic on Facebook. I well, love it. That's my actual real name, so yeah, we'll pass it. on that. It's his real name. I think that's perfect. Exactly. All kinds of real names at these shows, which I get such a kick out of. <laughs> if you want to find me, you can find me most likely commenting on an Inspirato Projecto post I love somewhere. it. I love it. I love Looking it, dude. Looking for kaleidoscopic Jesus. I love it. Oh, yes. He shall return. There's a whole There's a whole idea for that guy. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and, uh, and you'll find this i'll you know i'll find you on instagram i'll send this thing to you so you, you can find. all right thanks for listening folks interesting you know it's if i say foreign art you're like what do you mean foreign art to you foreign art is anyone apart from american <laughs> totally I, I went out with a girl in san diego for a year and she's like, you're a foreigner. Like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm not a foreigner. I'm a fucking Australian. Yeah. So it's so funny, yeah. you know? Like- when I went to, I lived, okay, so my junior year in college, I studied abroad. I studied in London. And, yeah. Uh, and, and they all told me I had an accent. Yeah. And I was like, wait, no, you all have, you're like, <laughs> these are not, apparently these are pants. These are trousers. And I told somebody once, I walked up to him and said, man, those are some bad pants. And apparently I insulted his underwear. His pants are underwear. That's crazy. And I have an accent, so yeah. Oh my we're, god, we're we're, Wait, we're the foreigners. If, 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 you're not. Any of you guys? I'm recording you for my podcast, by the way, because I want to hear you. Yeah, it's Project. It's like to live out there. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you visiting? Do you live here? Uh well, it's an interesting story. So about six weeks ago, I decided to like my whole family, or everything, like my family, my friends, everything was kind of like moving towards me getting engaged with this girl. She's a great fucking girl, but I just decided like. And all my friends, pretty much everything's happening that way. I was like, nah, you know what? I just went, fuck that. I did a U-turn. I respectfully broke up with her and it quit my job, unrespectfully. And then uh, rented my house out, cleaned my shit out, and I've got one-way ticket to LA and I arrived last night. What? <laughs> yeah. No way! Yeah, okay. What? Wait, you want to see our show tonight? We'll get you on the list. You were going to get married six weeks ago. So, no, no, I wasn't gonna get married. Sorry, but it was like it's kind of like, like this is like D Day. You gotta, you know, go to get engaged. All your friends have got babies coming along the way. Like yeah. this is happening. I was just like, eh, I, like you should feel excited about yeah. proposing to a girl, right? Yes. And I was like, nah, like I love her and she's fantastic, but I just, it's not me. Why? So, LA? so I was like, no, no, like no, I'm going to Mexico. We're yeah, going to Mexico. I'm in, I'm on a layover right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're on a layover. What a confluence of paths. Oh, yeah. What synchronicities. You're always talking about this. But we just met this guy. Did, did you introduce yourself to him? Nah. 
This is so crazy that he just so happens to be here in a layover. Do you know How long is your layover? From, from no, he just po he just popped up. I, I think probably most likely in a previous yeah. life. Uh, to choose, I will leave on Tuesday. But tomorrow I'm going to go to that uh, City Hearts Festival, I think. I don't know about that. What is it? Uh, Patrick Topping's a house. I'm into like house music, and it's oh. like a uh, some crazy yeah. weird like it's like it looks like a Burning Man like uh -huh. offshoot oh. kind of like festival. Where's it gonna be? I don't know. LA downtown, I think. So wow. Tomorrow. Yep. And apparently, like, I've looked at the photos from their like festivals, and everyone's dressed in some crazy, crazy shit. And obviously, traveling with just my like essentials. So I'm gonna go there and like wearing like a like a shirt and tie and pants. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. That's not, not quite, cool. but you know what I mean. No. Wow. Okay. So wait, did you already know. Wait, Hugo, yeah. are you? I'm mean, setting up right now. Oh my wait, God! Michael Salts is here. Yeah. And Desiree's here. Wow. Um, are you are you going somewhere already? You have plans for the later in the evening? No, no. So I was um. My host. I went staying at a hostel because it's like yeah, a, ho a hotel in LA is like yeah. ninety bucks. Yeah, a hostel is like thirty bucks, twenty five bucks. So yeah. I'm staying there, and the hostel has you know like meet at seven thirty for drinks, and then we'll take you to the hottest bar in Hollywood. Yeah, and I know that that's probably the lamest bar ever. <laughs> they, they, yeah, so tonight like, this is the hottest bar. You you really honestly we, yeah, we so can yeah get so and like around two o'clock around place. two o'clock I just went walking. Yeah. And I end up at like a state social house and just I have drinking beers with the locals yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm about seven or eight beers deep and here I am. <laughs> wow, seven or we eight. We gotta get him on a list. Yes. Do you wanna be here to see our show tonight? I don't have a guest. Fuck yeah. My wife's not coming. What's your last name? Stanley Gary. Do you have an Instagram? Hugo Stanley Gary. Yeah. Do you, have, do, do you like to give out your Instagram to people okay. to find I you? I don't mind, man, yeah. What's your, what is it? It's uh, Hugo S. Carey. Oh, actually, it's Hugo underscore S. Carey. How do you spell Hugo? Just H spell it all out for us. So it's H U G O underscore S. Carey. C A R Y. But you can, wow. you can Google my name and you'll see this shit happen in Brazil. That was fucking crazy. What happened in Brazil? <laughs> Did you cause some controversy? Stir up some, uh, stir up some trouble? <laughs> How long ago was this? This Brazilian uh, excursion. Look at this. Is that you? And let's party, cunts. Dude, you know what's so funny? There's a character. Look at the... Uh... That's incredible! <laughs> oh my god, 4,856 shares. No, 4,600... Yeah, 58 shares. And that's... Oh my god, this is great. Basically, in Brazil, I went to a place that no one's been before and they went wild over it. And I woke up in the morning at a hostel and the hostel staff are like, there's been reporters here. I was like, what the fuck? And I'm obviously hungover as hell. I'm like, what, the, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, we didn't give you your name. We told you you weren't here. <clears throat> I had to go to a wedding, so I, I went to the shops to buy like a suit for this wedding. And when I came back, I was just thinking, fuck, if I don't sort this out, it's possible there's a cartel coming for me. So I got the number, and the number had been in the bin. I got pulled out of the bin, and in an Uber on the way to a wedding, I rang this uh, reporter, said, what the fuck's going on? They're like, Hugo, you've become famous in Brazil. I was like, what the fuck? How? What? Yes. You're doing what? I went to a, a favela, like, so favelas are slums, and there's some that people go to, uh, like, on tours, and there's some that, like, rich, 
hard to say, rich American, mostly tourists go to, and they go in there like open top jeeps and look at like the people like doing their day to day stuff, like they're fucking you know zoo animals. It's fucked up, man. But like most people go to favelas, like, and I'm saying there's like 24 of them or 25 of them or something like that in Rio, and two or three of them are like safe to go to. And the tourists go there, and it's cool. Like some of them take advantage and they act like idiots, but some people go there and they actually walk around and hang out with the kids and actually teach English and do some amazing. Is that what you were doing? Well, you no. went there to like learn the meet the people. Exactly, or? that's what I wanted to do. But at this at this point in my life, at this time, it was like three a.m. Been out all night. I actually wasn't that drunk, but I was like, if I, I want to go to a proper favela, not one of the tourist ones. So, like, okay, thank you. I asked this. Um, I asked this girl at a fast food restaurant to write me a note because I don't speak Portuguese. I was like, hey, my name's Hugo. I'm, I come here in love. I'm here to, to meet you guys. Uh, if you want me to leave, no problem. And I got an Uber and asked him to take me to the most dangerous favela in Brazil. And we, you asked him to take you there? Yeah, but he wouldn't take me to the place. He took me because the last person that went close got shot. So he took me 500 meters away and I had to walk in. What's your phone number? And then I uh, ended up spending 13 oh, hours there. Yeah, and yeah, just because we're... It was crazy. But he's got Instagram. So hold on. What was it that drew you to the wanting to get in the most dangerous place? Uh, I guess the adventure of it and like the, the to get away from so you, all. You were you were willing to for 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 adventure, for the sake of adventure. You're willing to possibly risk your life. I guess so. At that point, and the people I'd met. I didn't feel like I was risking my life. Like I know, if, like from looking at it now, it was a big, it was a big risk. And as soon as like, so I walked in like 500 meters. I go to the Uber. I walked 500 meters. There was people leaving the favela, going to their normal day job. Like there's people leaving their day, like normal. And what time, what time did you get there at? Like about 5:30 a.m. Oh, so you got right in right as like the sun was shining. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, I got picked up pretty quickly by two scouts with machine guns. Your scouts, did they decide to go with you? No, no, they, they grabbed me and they interrogated me and there was like, that was the most dangerous moment because if they shot me, which happened like pretty much every other time, then I, it would be fucked, obviously. What, 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 these scouts, please help us uh, understand what the heck's going on with those guys. Why well, would they have shot you? Because just based on history, the last, I guess, 10 people that went to this favela have been shot. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, because they're in a war. They're in a war. So they could have shot you, but they they decided to talk to you instead. Well, mostly people that have been shot have driven in there by accident because they're trying to find somewhere else and they're lost or whatever and they drive cl- too close to the boundary and then the people that are like, you know, patrolling it get uh, defensive or worried and they think they're police or another rival gang and they shoot. So there's been a lot of killings, unfortunately, of people like that on the boundaries. And because you were out there, someone saw that you were willing to get there close. I mean, I don't even know this shit, but I, I just happened to walk in there and they didn't shoot me. They let me come close enough. Then they interrogated me face to face. And then um, I, I ended up actually lost my note, which was like, <laughs> it was fucked. So they had a gun on me and I was like, wait up, I pull my, try to pull my note out. Didn't have it. I was what, do like, what do you mean your note? What is it? Well, at the fast food joint, like, you know, through a couple of hours ago, previously, I got this girl to write me a note. A, a note for what? A note to, for you to be able to get in there? No, just my message. Because I don't speak Portuguese. 
So someone who speaks Portuguese wrote a note for you to be able to give to them to show that you're 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 you come in peace Correct. or whatever. Correct. Yeah. So at, at this, so basically, I was in Lapa, which is like the party district of Brazil. Partying all night, having a great time. Three a.m., four a.m. comes around, everything starts quieting off, and I'm still charging, ready to keep going. And then I was decided, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to this place. So I've heard all the great things about the favelas. They just party all night. There's great people, real people, a lot of energy, drums, like just crazy shit. So I wanted to go check it out. And so I asked this girl to write me a note, and she wrote like, the note. Basically said, like, hey, my name's Hugo. I come here with love. I bring nothing but love. Thank basically. God she chose to write. You know, you tr- you trusted her to write something good. No, of course. And, she, cool. and she wrote something good, which is good. No, no. The point is, she lost. I lost the note. And you, how did you communicate with these guys? Uh, well, first, first, firstly, body language, obviously, body language. And then, uh, yeah, I used Google Translate and my tattoos, basically, basically. Check one, two, stage right. So did your tattoos right. say the message right. that you wanted them to know? Two. Yeah. So they, they had a gun on me and I was like, oh, guys, be careful. So wait, before you got in, before you got out there, you had tattoos that they actually spoke in Portuguese on your behalf? No, no, no. My tat- I, had, I got tattoos done that day, yes, in Brazil. And uh, one of them, uh, so I was like, look, if you don't, if you guys aren't being nice to me, there's a gang coming for you. And they're like, what, what? As a, yeah, there's a gang of chickens coming yeah. for you. <laughs> That's yeah. a cr- there's a gang of chickens. Yeah, look. There, there's a gang of chickens coming for you? Yeah, and, and then I showed him this. What the hell do they say to them? Two. Oh, my God. And that's in Portuguese? No, no, but it's an, act, it's an actual gang of chickens. Oh, my God. Okay, is that good for you? Did they like it? Yeah, yeah, they're fucking loving it, man. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is a stout. What a crazy story. It does not end there. So, fuck, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, the most dangerous part of that whole evening was that first five minutes when I met him because they were, they were worried I was a police officer and then an undercover, undercover cop. Whoa. So there was like a good, I don't know, 20 minutes where it was very, very intense. And they were on the radio to like some other like higher up person. And um, anyway, I don't want to go. How could this have actually gotten into the news? But like, what was it from that exchange that got someone else's attention that decided to get all this attention on on your your act of, you know, kindness? Okay, no. So these guys have run like a very, very tight operation, right? They're on radios. There's patrol people. They're literally, it's literally like a military place protecting this entire favela like a hill. And I'm an intruder that's walked in there, and then they picked me up. So as soon as I got there, they was on the radio. Everyone knew. Everybody in the entire place knew who I, like what was happening, what was going on. They, so they interrogated me. They thought I was an, uh, well, they interrogated, but they they were just curious about me. But they're actually really cool. Then once I showed them a few things, had a laugh with them. They were pretty cool. They relaxed. Then they spoke to someone higher up, and uh, a few other things happened. Not going to go into it because I don't want. I don't want to ever fucking like you know put these guys in a position where I'm saying shit right. to anyone else. So right, right, right. And, and like <laughs> and beyond now, I'm not going to say anything really about what happened. But point is, they were cool. Took me in, and then off we went. I went on a two-hour walk up this hill and met like one of their leaders, and it was fucking great. I spent 13 hours there. Did some One shit. of the leaders of the country? No, not a country, like of this particular favela. So you, you met with this person. Yep. 
and you basically bypassed your original mission, which was just simply just to go in there and meet the people. I mean, you actually got to one of the leaders of this entire community. True, yes. What and was that like? That was awesome, man. Like, what's interesting... How did you communicate? How did you communicate with this person? Well, <laughs> when... Like, I mean, fuck, how do I say this? 3 a.m., 4 a.m. talk, or at this point, like, 6 or 7 a.m. talk, with any person, any, in any culture, you're going to get along well. If you're, like, if you're either, you know, either a good cunt or a shit cunt, and these guys are good cunts. So we had a really good time. We got along really well, um, had some beers, did some stuff, chilled out. We just got along. We used Google Translate a lot, but we, I was giving them shit. Like, I was giving them a lot of shit, and they love it. It's awesome. You, the point is, like, everyone's really much the same. Like, when you're hanging out with your I bros... I love it. This you know, is crazy to hear. This is amazing. Yeah. It's, you could, it could have been hanging out with my mates in Australia. You could be hanging out with boys in California. It doesn't really matter. Like, good guys hanging out at the end of the night when you've all been out. It's, you know, you get along really well. You're laughing. It's fucking awesome. Whoa, man. Yeah. And then, so how long did you hang out there before you went back well, to... At, so, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think I actually passed out at, like, around 1 p.m., so I was lying, I was like, I was lying down, and I kind of came to again. And this, the dude, like the leader, was wearing my jacket, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm not gonna do that again. And he came up to me and he's like, wearing, I was like, oi, can I have my jacket back? And he's like, uh, he was like, you know, he gave it back to me. And then two hours later, the, oh, I was fucked. I don't know what I should be saying right now. I don't know where this is going, but they kept giving me cigarettes, and the top of the cigarette, they made this little like bowl, and they put weed in it. And I, like, they gave it to me, I was like, okay, I'll smoke a bit of that, whatever. And then I, they kept giving me, I was like, fuck, I'm getting stoned now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, and then I started like fading a bit. And around three o'clock, they're like, yeah, it's time for you to go. I was like, yeah, no problem. And then they gave me an escort. I went down the hill. It's incredible. They accepted you into this community. Yeah, it was crazy. Went down the hill, went to, uh, like, to leave the place. And on my way out, there was like a shop like, outside the favela. And there was a family there, and I went in. I got some food, got a beer, and there, there was little, there was kids running around, like wearing like basically, I don't know, like underpants, or, like they were crazy little, funny little kids. And I ended up doing um, magic tricks for them. And I got this coin trick that where my coin disappears in my elbow, and they loved it. And they went and ran and got their friends, and they'll do it again. It's like fuck. So like it was like an hour and a half past, and there was so many Are kids you doing it. Yeah, the, the and I was, I was so tired now. <laughs> And stoned. I was like, fuck, I just want to go home, man. It's incredible. Uh, so anyway. And all these little kids. You got this, like, this uh, huge audience of these little kids. Hey, exactly. Do it again. No, nah, no, nah, it was cool, though. So, wow. like, did that. I, um, and then, basically, yeah. Oh, cruise. my God. You became, like, a superstar in their minds. How cool so, is that? Well, yeah, so the, 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 the crazy thing is that... They tell legends about you. So, and I, fi- I finally got home. Like, I got a... Someone, someone helped me, like, charge my phone. Order the Uber. Bantam Hostel. Went to sleep around like 6 p.m. And then around 9, like this group of girls came into my hostel room. And I was like, whoa, hello. So I got, I got up, had a few drinks. But I was like, nah, if I crashed that night. Next morning woke up and I had to go to a wedding. That's when I went to like to the shopping center. I went to Zara, bought like a suit, came, came back. and All this before a wedding. I mean, that's crazy. You're in town for the wedding and you did all this no, crazy no, no. stuff. I wasn't in town for the wedding. I got invited oh. to the wedding like that day. Oh, dude, that's nuts, man. But the wow. point is, when I, the, the staff at the hostel, like there's been reporters here coming to find you. Like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, we just told them that you weren't here. I was like, thank you. Then I went to Zara, like the shops. When I came back, I was, that's what I was thinking. Fuck, 
what are the reporters saying? Because they said that it's gone viral. I was like, what do you mean? So someone in the favela, like some like, uh, I don't know, like some uh, amateur reporter had seen it and filmed it and then made a blog and that went viral. And then with all you the, just all, talking so with then, people? No, no, I didn't do anything. But then oh. but the, someone like filmed me there and reported it and then all the reporters were coming to the hostel to find me. But I was worried that they were saying shit like that. I was saying that they were like bad people or that I'd be mistreated. It's like fuck. I, so I, that's why I rang the reporter firstly to say, nah, like what the fuck's going on? And I, like, to try and clear the air because I was worried that there was like bad. You know. Right. You didn't know what they could have been saying. And then it's funny that like, the reporters have a way. They go like, so how's your time in Brazil? Like, yeah, it's great. Like, and then where have you been? Like, I've been here. Like, do you like Brazil? Like, fuck yeah, I love it. And they're like, uh, did you have a gun on you? It's like, no. They're like, well, were you, were you scared? I was like, no, 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 not at all. Like, did you, did they put a gun in your face? I was like, no, actually, they kind of let me hold a gun. Like, what do you mean? It's like, well, they, during, at one point, they gave me a gun and showed me how to, like, use a pistol. Like, we're just kind of laughing around. And then, then the report comes out in Brazil. It's like, Australian tourist drinks and gets taught how to use weapons. <laughs> It's oh, like, what gee. the fuck, man? No, no way. Like, it's like twisted it totally. Two huh? minutes out of 13 hours, yeah, they gave me a gun and I, they showed me how to use it and I gave it back to them and that was it. Like, I didn't shoot it. Anyway, like, you know, that's how the that media works. That is so man. crazy. They, they, so out of all the information you give them, they decide that's the thing they're going to focus on. Exactly. They ask you this bunch of questions and then when the report's over, they go, oh, thank you so much for your time. And then, then they say, also oh, like, you know, like they ask you some other questions, like little side questions, and that's the little side questions are what they use in the headline. It's that they're fucked, man. Whoa, man. <laughs> but anyway. Whoa, what a crazy thing when you think about that. Because then it just lets you realize that the, the known news that we're watching is actually authentic news. There's someone that's always going, let's spin it this way, let's spin it that way. Well, if that's news to you, man, fuck. No, but it's interesting. <laughs> no, well, I don't, I don't even watch <laughs> props. No, you know what? I haven't watched news in probably 15 years. Like, I, I don't even watch regular TV. So it's like uh, none of that stuff is, like, rolling around in my brain. I'm always thinking about the idea of, like, movie magic, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting how, like, they take this story that you're telling them and all of a sudden they go, let's move it in this situation. Wow. Right. So, okay, so after so, that, what was the... Once it got into the uh, headlines that you were there, what... I mean, how long crazy. did they go so, for? How long so did they... I woke up... Uh, well, I went to the wedding and that night at the wedding I started getting messages on Facebook and Instagram going, like, you're crazy, favela boss, blah, 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 and all these messages guy coming through. Cause it obviously went out on social media from the um, the media company, and then, I, then all these people started contacting me. <laughs> but it's, it was crazy, man. Like, Brazilians loved it. Like every, wow. every single feedback from the Brazilians were like, it was positive. And then people from the actual favela started contacting me saying, you know, it's amazing, like, you've shown the world that we actually exist because like because we're poor people think we don't exist and you're like you come here and you spend time with us you did magic, magic the magic tricks of the kids was like the like the biggest highlight of for me for the whole thing because it showed hearts it showed that you really were this authentic well, that's what i went there for there. to actually meet people and have Originally, fun wasn't yeah. wasn't to go drink with these particular guys but like right that's what happened. Like, obviously, I couldn't just be like, <laughs> once once you hang out with these people, you don't just kind of go, oh, I'll see you later. So you kind of you kind of you dick. You know, they just say what journey with yeah. these guys. You just do what's going to happen. And then um, when I left, I spent a lot of time, as much time as I could, before I really faded with these kids, and they were fucking awesome, man. Like we had so much fun. 
And now, like, and the fa- and the families from that favela, I messaged me on WhatsApp, and we were in contact. It's fucking great, man. It's really cool. I love it because their kids will forever remember that story. They're always going to be telling that story. They're telling it about their schools. I mean, who knows? You you become like a folk hero in that town. You know, by them being so enthralled with the fact that you spent time with them. And every single one of those friends have friends, and every one of those friends have friends. Dude, that, that's, that's just incredible. Yeah. There's going to be some kind of, like, papyrus written, you know, all about your, all about your legend out there in the future. Like, written on some, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just I incredible. I don't think it's that big a deal, but... It to was, those kids it was, you know? Was, you yeah. were there, you were spending time with them. They're probably not used to that kind of thing at all. Well, I actually started a... A like a fun like a charity fund me page for that for the for these kids. Wow. And then wow. um like when I got back to Australia, just because like fuck, it really touched me, man. These guys are awesome. It's hard to explain, but like if you I got a video and I could probably put it somewhere on your post or whatever, but there's like uh the locals like banging drums on the back of like uh you know paint buckets and the kids dancing their legs like going crazy legs and you can see how much fun they're having like every everyone there wow. is just so full of energy wow. so much love like fuck it's so awesome man they must have been so happy that you were there to be able to give them some good press rather than you know whatever they're used to getting i guess in the past i don't know because you brought them you know you seem to have brought them good fortune with unintentionally you know what? by accident uh what i realized like uh, this is going back back now from the kids stuff but like the the guys who are the gangsters and like I guess the drug dealers and the people that the media paints as like the worst people in the world they get you know there's like a, there's a pretty much a war going on right now in Brazil between drug gangs and the police and it's pretty what? hardcore I didn't know that whoa yeah if you look it up it's pretty fucking hardcore like a lot of I don't know so far this year what are we now like in what's the date November I don't know hundreds of deaths like in these places it's fucked up but if you go there there's actually like an entire culture and full of lovely people and it was really great to actually experience that you know it's cool it took guts and uh, courage to just really you know you had a mission you had a calling and you decided to go in there despite whatever might have come your way and, and it all actually turned out really really well yeah I guess so wait up I'm gonna try to find this thing for you for the, so for the article, what would be something that people could, uh, for those who are listening, what's something they could actually search for to be able to find this this piece? Um, like keywords in Google, for instance. Uh, I'm not too sure. This is the... Uh, These are the kids that were like, that you were doing uh, magic tricks for? Yeah. Well, this is the actual, like... It's a, these guys in Togo to me, like. This is like after that 20 Ah, there's people to get said. This is like an interrogation. You can't <laughs> That's great, yeah. man. That's great you went out there and you did that for those guys. Yeah, man. Now it was pretty wild. Anyway, I'm I did crazy. I didn't go there to what actually. Adventure. I did not go there to do anything particular. I just kind of. It's just how I am, man. I uh, sometimes people. I don't know, man. Fuck. How do I describe it? You go to a town that's like, okay, Rio de Janeiro. 
99% tourists who go there and you go to Christ the Redeemer and get a photo up on the hill then you go to fucking Sugarloaf and you'll go have a drink on the fucking on Copacabana Beach and then go to a restaurant and go home and it was like that was awesome I didn't do any I mean I did go to uh, Copacabana Beach but I didn't go to any other shit like not because it's not cool or good but I spent so much time hanging out with just actual people and I just I just can't get away I fucking love it man and it's you've crazy. had like a real experience of like the, the actual the, the actual real life people who made that place for what it is in a sense huh? well, it's, it's everywhere I go when I travel I just love meeting people and getting involved with, like with what's happening and I don't know, it's crazy. But anyway, that, that's not even my crazy story. Nicaragua is my crazy story. Well, listen, dude, I, I got to start getting up there for a sound yeah. check, but I, I am so grateful the fact that we're on here. What, what's a, real quick, what's your Instagram page again? I'll, I'll interview again for your Nicaragua story. Uh, <laughs> it's Hugo underscore S dot Kerry. Perfect. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you to Man Behind the Machine for uh, giving us your hotline number. I love that. I love that. I love this kind of collaboration. Also, thank you, uh, Marie Humphreys, for reminding everyone about the Los Angeles Podcast Explosion 2. It's amazing. Another one is coming up so quickly. I had so much fun at that other one. And uh, I do have, for those of you who are listening to this right now, I do have an episode where uh, you can hear me interviewing a number of these extraordinary people. They're having another one. Uh, uh, I won't be able to be there this time, December 14th. I've got a Yachtly Cruise show that night. However, uh, I know that whoever shows up there is bound to have an extraordinary time and meet some extraordinary people. And Maria is going to be one of those extraordinary people. And Tamika Drake, uh, she she's the one who orchestrates the whole thing. If you go out there, say hi to Darius. Oh, and uh, thank you to Stu Strauss for giving us that awesome intro. Uh, thank you... Hugo for giving us that crazy story uh, and thank you to Spencer McCall for giving us some more insight into the Institute and into the Latitude Society alright folks that is the end of this podcast this time there will be more coming up hold your horses hold your horses